In 100 days, Major League Baseball will have its opening day. But before we get there, we've got some big news in Major League Baseball that we're going to get to, and amongst other topics that we have right here on this mini-podcast. Carlos Correa, his contract might be up in the air. The New York Mets, they look like a better baseball team now than last year. And the tragic, tragic, tragic fan base of the Boston Red Sox. We'll get to more of that on this new episode of Inside the Parker. Let's start off with Carlos Correa. His contract right now might possibly be up in the air because the All-Star was supposed to have his his press conference, his debut, him wearing his jersey, putting on the Giants hat today. Yeah, that got postponed because of a medical issue during Correa's physical. Remember, on December 13th, this guy signed a 13-year, $350 million contract to play shortstop for the Giants. First off, I was absolutely shocked that the Giants were able to secure a guy like Carlos Correa because I didn't think he'd be under their actual radar since they already have a shortstop in Brandon Crawford. All right, who's playing third base? Who's playing shortstop? Is it going to be Crawford or is it going to be Correa? Are they going to platoon each other, switch back and forth? I, I, I assume they wouldn't be because of the contract you would send Correa, that he's going to be playing your shortstop. Granted, he's a, he's a gold glover caliber player. I, I get that. I see that. This move is something I feel like the Giants panicked into making since they couldn't get a guy like Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, a, a native to San Francisco, they were trying to go all hands on deck, put all the eggs in the basket to try to secure their New York Yankees slugger in Aaron Judge. He was a free agent at the time. The Yankees matched the exact same contract that the Giants offered to Judge. Therefore, Judge went to stay in New York. He wants to do it. That's that's where he's at. The judge is going to be there. So the next best suitor for the Giants, Carlos Correa, I guess. It wasn't an outfielder. It was an infielder. They, they went and got a guy who won Rookie of the Year back in 2015, has been two All-Stars, and has won um, a gold glove back in 2021. That's basically it. You give a guy 13 years, $350 million deal, and now his his physical isn't turning out the way it's supposed to be. I honestly believe if that does happen and he doesn't end up, the ink does not get the paper, I don't I don't think this is a bad, bad, bad situation that the Giants are in that they can't actually sign Carlos Correa. This is a guy that does not hit over 30 home runs per season. This is a guy that does not drive in over 100 runs per season. This is a guy that's going to be on your team for about 120 games averaged to play baseball for you. 120 games out of 162, that's a lot. Granted, I mean, 162 is still a lot for games-wise, and only playing for 120, but you're paying a guy for 13 years who is already, I believe, is this, he's already eight years into the major leagues. He's sitting at the age of 28 years old. He'll be 41 by the time this contract is up, I believe. 41, 42 age. I mean, is he going to send out his entire career, his final years left from that contract in his San Francisco Giants uniform? Probably not. It's it. There's no way that's the possibility of him being a giant for the remainder of his 13 years. That's even if he actually even becomes to go past the physical portion of this. But it's just weird to think that. All right, he was due to have a payday. He signed like a what a, a two year or a three year four year deal with the Twins. Who had a couple of opt out clauses that he opted out after the first year of his contract there, knowing that okay, the Minnesota Twins is a dumpster fire in the American League Central. But then you also want to go to a division that is loaded with Padres and Dodgers. And granted, I know the Giants won the division two years ago, but that was an anomaly. It was they they were 
one of the hottest teams in baseball that just came up out of nowhere. And now, last year, what, they finished third or fourth in the division, I believe? I think they finished third in the division behind the, the Padres and Dodgers. That's just me coming off the top of my head. But this, uh, if this doesn't go through with this contract, I think Giants fans would be pleased with this. I thought this was a massive deal that got done between a guy that is a, a subpar baseball player at Major League Baseball. He's a guy that will fill out your roster spot. I mean... Granted, I can't just say this and not think that he helped win a World Series because he clearly did. He helped them win. The Astros won the World Series. And was he cheating with them? I mean, yeah, he was on the team when they were cheating. So, yeah, no, that, that's there's that um, uh, to put an asterisk on his winning a World Series, if you want to say that. But this big free agent is up in air now. And I seriously think the Giants are in a good situation if this deal doesn't get through, like they granted, if you want another shortstop, the person that they could have signed that wasn't Carlos Curry was another big name free agent. Dansby Swanson, he inked a deal with the Chicago Cubs, which I thought was just okay. You're, why are you coming from a, a like a, a juggernaut of the Atlanta Braves to go to going to be like battling for the third spot, the fourth spot, and then and National League Central? I don't understand it. That's why I'm not even going to be um, wanted to discuss what why Dansby Swanson there. But the Giants, they wanted to get a shortstop to upgrade Brandon Crawford. Carlos Correa and Daisy Swanson were the only two guys there. So if this doesn't, deal doesn't go through because of his physical, at least you're bringing all that money back to where you can spend it on a some high-caliber high pitching that's still left or a bat or two, or we might possibly see the Giants make a trade or something here. Because they clearly you could tell that they are moving away from Brandon Crawford at shortstop with that signing. But now with the signing possibly on hold or on postponed due to his the situation of or over the um, his physical. Remember, this is the guy that's been on the injured list seven times during his eight-year career. So he he's prone to be on the injured list. I think the only time that he wasn't on the injured list was during the the, the sixty-game sprint back in twenty twenty when it was just sixty games. He was able to bet at two sixty-four, five home runs, twenty-five RBIs. But that's you're. Go back to that season where he did not get hurt. That's what the type of, and out of every 60 games, you're going to get that. Do you do you want that? In 162 games, um, you divide that by, I mean, I think three or four, because if you divide it by three, because um, like, 60 times three is 180, so you really can't do it that way. He's, he's averaging about in between 10 to 20 home runs per season. That's only if you wanted to go back to the season where he was fully healthy, and that was only during a 60-game season. That right there shows you right there that he can't stay healthy. Granted, it's hard to keep your bodies intact and everything like that, especially with a, a grueling sport of playing 162 games a season. It's rough, but if they could dodge a bullet by this, I think that's a good. That's a, you're in a good situation if you're a Giants fan and if you did not actually like this deal. Granted, I think every single baseball player deserves to get their money, and he got his money that way. But if he can't put that hat on because of the physical that he had to perform, you got to move on from him. And there's going to be some team that's going to be like, "Oh, okay, we're going to, uh, you know, his physical didn't his physical didn't pass then. So how about I sign you to like a a, a one year prove it deal set? Let's just go eighteen million dollars if that." to go back to Houston. Like, like, like I could see like a team like Houston, a team like Miami, a team like, I mean, honestly, the Mets, Yankees, they're probably hoping for this deal to happen like this. So, um, so they can, if it doesn't go through, they'd be like, all right, Mets, here's uh, Steve Cohen bringing in, doing, sending whatever 
how much, whatever, how many years doesn't matter, and how many, I don't know, like how many opt-out clauses do you think that, that should be in there? Steve Cohn's a guy that's going to be, that's like, all right, if the Giants aren't going to get you because of your physical situation, I don't care. I've, I, I traded for Javier Baez at one point in time. Like, no, we're, we're, you're going to be fine. Like, like they're going to be, Carlos Correa's going to find a team if he's not going to be a Giant. So if that's another thing that you're going to, um, uh, that poses a question to your head of like, okay, is Carlos Correa going to stay a giant, be a free agent, or sign somewhere else? He's a talented player, a talent. He's a solid guy to send put into a lineup. He's not a guy that's going to put you over the hump right now. He, he's not. He's he hasn't been that guy since. I think I think he, if you want to get stats wise, if you want to go by stats, the year that he was like a stud actually did worth anything you got to go back to his 2016 season I, I even though he wasn't an all-star I think that was a good season Remember back to his 2017 season like that's that's what you would want to sign but you're not going to get anything like that out of Carlos Curry at the age of 28 because I think he's already he we've already seen the better days of Carlos Curry plus he got paid so we're going to see how that that transpires but is he even going to be a giant after this is all said and done because this is I, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of the last person the last baseball player, at least, that didn't sign with a team due to medical reasons. I, I mean, I know there's been trades blocked because of medical physicals in that way, but I don't think I haven't seen a, a contract being possibly well, at least a news conference being postponed because of medical concern during his physical. Like that's that's wild. That can that can they can pull his contract that they offered him at any given moment. Any given moment. If that physical is what's holding them back right now, so that's it's a shocking, it's it's wild, and like that's just, that's the state of baseball right now. And I know I just alluded to them. The New York Mets have they gotten? Are they a better team now, especially with pitching rotation? Like they're 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 hitting. They need something. Like they need something. But if you look at their their pitching from this this upcoming season to last year. This might have gotten bolstered, like because I okay. So I just let's just go to let's just go work work from 2022. We'll just do it that way. 2022, they had Jacob Degrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, and Carlos Carrasco. Absolutely love Chris Bassett. Absolutely love Taiwan Walker. Both those guys got paid elsewhere. They're they're moving on from New York Mets. Jacob Degrom got paid as well. So the two people that are staying. And a New York Mets uniform for this upcoming season is Max Scherzer, who's your number two guy, and Carlos Carrasco, who's your number five. And they bring in the additions of this upcoming season of 2023. Justin Verlander, they signed to a massive deal. They still have Max Scherzer, like I said. Um, uh, Kodai Sienga, uh, Jose Quintana, and the, of course, Carlos Carrasco. If they can somehow get the Carlos Carrasco from... The days where he was a Cleveland, well, in the Cleveland Guardians. Well, I mean, he was definitely a different name back then. But Carlos Carrasco, if they can get his days of playing for Cleveland, this will be the best pitching rotation in Major League Baseball this upcoming year. Even the... I, uh, Sienga... He could be a dominant one in a pitching rotation right now in Major League Baseball. Like, if you put him on any other team except for, um, I like how I, I like how I say this stuff and I go blanked on any type of team. Like, he could literally, he couldn't be the number one in New York. Clearly not, not number one in either New York side. Probably the Atlanta Braves organization, he's not. Uh, maybe the Brewers, he's not. Uh, um, Dodgers, no. 
Texas Rangers, no. But every single team except for the ones I just listed there, he could be the number one guy in any single organization for pitching. Like, he is that good. There's a there's literally a ball named after him over in Japan. It's the ghost ball. It's a fork ball. We haven't seen a fork ball that much in Major League Baseball that has, like, done anything. And he's bringing that over from Japan. Absolutely cannot wait to see what he can do against the National League hitters that are, like, that New York will actually obviously play. Granted, there's a new system right now for how teams will play each other once this year. Like, every single team will play each other, which absolutely love it. It's getting rid of the, oh, you're playing 19 games against four different divisional opponents every single season. Like that's, I think that's a good idea. It's a good uplift for, or a uh, kind of like a, uh, a refresher for Major League Baseball. Everybody gets to see each other at least once. So I cannot wait. I'm going to single, circle the date when the Mets play the uh, Shohei Otanis and the Angels because I absolutely can't wait to see this because Sanga has struck out Shohei over in Japan. So like that's possible. I cannot wait to see that, that, that pitching rotation happen. Then you go to Jose Quintana. Would you rather have Jose Quintana or Taiwan Walker? Uh, Quintana pitched exceptionally well the second half of the season last year, um, whether if it was before he got traded from the Pirates to the Cardinals or from whenever he was just the Cardinals in general. He was a dominant pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was. He helped them get to the postseason, and granted the Cardinals couldn't get past the Phillies. But Jose Quintana is a stud. But if he's going to be replacing your number four, who your number four last year was Taiwan Walker, I'm not sure if I even like that move whatsoever. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can say that. Oh, Quintana's going to put you over the hump more than Taiwan Walker because I can't, I can't absolutely agree with that because I think Taiwan Walker is better than Quintana. If the Mets could have signed Taiwan Walker back, if they even wanted to sign Taiwan Walker back, I think this lineup would be, his pitching rotation, would be so much better. But you have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, the guys that are going to be battling each other for the National League Cy Young Award. Like We have the American League Cy Young Award winner right now on the Mets in the National League. A guy that who could easily win the National League Cy Young Award anytime that he stays healthy and he stays put, he stays fiery, in Max Scherzer. Now, is Sayinga going to be the guy that's also going to lobby for that? And there's a good chance he could. There is a very strong chance he could. And if Carlos Carrasco would tap in back into his 2017, 18, 19 days as a Cleveland, uh, I'm not going to say it, then, oh my gosh, like this pitching rotation is so much better than last year. I love Chris Bassett. I love Tywan Walker. But just adding Zinga to this team definitely is a lot better than having Bassett and Walker in your team. Because like, you can easily find another pitcher, and that's what they did. They find Jose Quintana. So this pitching rotation looks so much better in the 2023 season than it did in the 2022 season. But, and I mean but, the New York Mets have a problem. Uh, They have a problem with hitting. They have a problem with hitting consistently. And I don't know what the lineup they have constructed currently is going to help them put them over the hump of trying to go up against a team that's the the, the, uh, Atlanta Braves or the Philadelphia Phillies, because they, I, don't, I believe they don't have that team that could go toe-to-toe, bat-for-bat with those two teams. Like, that's just not how, that's just not capable. I don't think that's possible. Because, like, right now, your lineup, they signed, extended, Brendan, extended. They re-signed Brandon Nemo, who's going to be their starting player for, for, for good. Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Mark Cannon, Daniel Vogelbach, Eduardo Escobar, and Thomas Nido. Tomas, not, I'm a, 
oh my gosh, Naito is going to be a... I, I actually cannot wait to see him play a full season because he's going to hit bombs after bombs after bombs. Like, I absolutely think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, but, oh my gosh, I don't know with this lineup. Like, I like Mark Hanna a lot. Granted, he was so phenomenal. I, I enjoyed watching him for the... Uh, for the Atlanta, not Atlanta, the Oakland Athletics when he was getting uh, gro- growing up. But can Pete Alonso stay consistent? Can Francisco Lindor stay consistent? Like I, Those are the two biggest question marks. Those are the two big run producers for this team. Because even last year, Lindor, 107 RBIs. Pete Alonso, 131 RBIs. But everybody else on this team had around 60-some RBIs. Brandon Nimbo, 64. Starling Marte, 63. Jeff McNeil, 62. Mark Cannon, last year, 61. Daniel Vogelbach, split between him and, I believe, the Brewers, was at 47. Eduardo Escobar, 58. Like You are... If it's not Lindor Alonso driving you in, can you trust anybody in this lineup to produce, have a run-producing type of an at-bat? No. No, they need another person that can put in 70... To 90 more RBIs, and Lindor and Pete Alonso are trying their hardest to win baseball games. And that's what the problem is for the New York Mets. It's always been that problem. They cannot score runs for their dominant pitching. That's one of the main reasons why I believe Jacob DeGrom left. I, I, I honestly firmly believe he wanted to leave to win baseball games, have run support, don't feel like that he has to be relied upon. Well, I mean, granted, you're going to be want to be relied upon every fifth day when you have that contract. And, but he's dominant enough to where he doesn't have to think about. Okay, I'm up one to nothing right now. We're in the sixth inning. Like you're you're putting more pressure on your starting pitcher right there in the sixth inning, knowing that you're only up one to nothing because your team can't produce runs for you. You're putting more and more pressure on your pitcher. Do you think he wanted to be that and um, have that type of pressure this upcoming season? No, I don't think that whatsoever. So I, that's one major reason why I think he wanted to leave to go to Texas knowing that, oh, wow, they have Marcus Simeon who can produce runs. They have Corey Seager who can produce runs. Adolis Garcia who can produce runs. They have a loaded lineup. They do. They have the capability of producing runs. And also they have a capability of having a pitcher on the mound that's not going to give up runs. Because that's the thing, too. When Jacob DeGrom was on his team, he would be up. Two to one in the seventh inning gets pulled, and they end up losing like f- like five to or seven to two. Like they wouldn't score any more runs. Like that's just how it would work when Jacob Degrom was there. They need to do something with this lineup. They have to. Like they they're still out there trying to give contracts to people. Like because Steve Cohn doesn't care, and I absolutely love the fact that he doesn't care. Like he is going to be the he's going to be up there and everything. Okay, I think I I read I list off that this was their last year's lineup. Um, uh, the the Mets. So. I wonder what their attendance of 2023, 2023 New York Mets lineup. I think someone has like an updated thing for this. But gosh, it's just so much money is out there. People are signing left and right. And yeah, I'm just going to go off that that because I, I, my mind is blanking. I love it when my mind, my body, mind blinks when I'm trying to record a podcast. But that's just how things go at times, especially around when you have Chiefsaholic people uh, trying to rob banks or Matt Carpenter trying to uh, still continue his Major League Baseball career, which is I absolutely love the fact that he signed a deal with the, the Padres to be a super utility guy for him because I absolutely love it. And that's just what we need to uh, see a, a grizzled veteran continue to strive and wanting to play baseball. Absolutely love to see it. Absolutely love to see it that way. All right, now. The Boston Red Sox. The fan base must hate their team. Like they, I I would hate to be a Red Sox fan because 
Go back to their 20, 2018 World Series win. That was 2018. Four years ago. Was it four years ago? Yeah, four years ago. We're about ready to hit five years once the season starts. But when you look through this team, it's just Chris Sale and Rafael Devers. Okay, I say Chris Sale and Rafael Devers. Kramer, why you only said them two? Well, those are the two guys that are still on this team from the 2018 World Series. Everybody else is gone. And you would think that they would want to stay, have Xander Bogarts to stay. Like You would think he'd be a mainstay for so long. He helped them win two World Series. No, San Diego now. Um, uh, Xander Bogarts is now in um, uh, uh, San Diego. But their mainstay guys are all gone. Benintendi's gone. Mookie Betts is gone. J- J.D. Martinez just signed a deal with the... With the with the L.A. Dodgers, it's like, what is going on here? Why is nobody wanting to come to Boston except for the the handful of guys that are just, oh, we have all this money we need to send out, try to bring some, put some more butts in the seats, maybe sell some more advertising that's overseas ad- advertising uh, from getting the guy that's uh, from Japan. But so it's like, there is nobody on this team. There isn't. And now it's like, okay. What do you do with a guy like Chris Sale? What do you do with a guy like Rafael Devers? Because Rafael Devers, his contract's going to be up here soon. You're going to have to you're going to have to sign him to a long term deal. Everybody's you see what the what the contracts are going for a corner infielder right now in Major League Baseball. It's north of ten years, probably three hundred to four hundred million dollars. And Rafael Devers deserves every single bit of money. This guy, complete workhorse. In the batter's box. He wants to get a hit. He wants to get on base every single time. And he strives to be that way. A young kid. Like this. I don't even think Rafael Devers is 25 years old yet. Rafael Devers. Is. An anomaly of how good he is. He's 26 years old. Born in um, 96. So we're, we're the same age. And Devers last season. Yeah, I mean granted he struck out 114 times. But he. Lowered that from the previous year, actually striking out 30 times less. 27 home runs, batting a 295. He brought his average up, so the 88 runs driven in. But that's also from a guy that had JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story all around him. Um, Enrique Hernandez, like like those guys were run producers for the Boston Red Sox. If you're a Red Sox fan right now, you should not feel confident whatsoever of the Boston Red Sox re-signing Rafael Devers. Like you should not, and like that—that that is terrible to think because living in a market like Kansas City, you have Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. is here now. Is he going to be here in the next six years? Probably not. They're not going to be able to afford him. They're going to have to send him out elsewhere. And heck, he might be wearing the Boston Red Sox colors. The Red Sox shouldn't have to be worried about that. They shouldn't. They have all the money in the world to pay a player to come play baseball there. They've already we've seen it. They, we saw him do it um, uh, with uh, uh, JD Martinez to get him there in the first place. So like, why can't they you know shell out that money for to keep Xander Bogarts because he deserved that contract that he was wanting for. Then once he bet on himself, he actually got more money from what the initial offer was from the Red Sox that two hundred million dollars to like whatever it is now to like what close to five hundred million dollars it seems like. But the Red Sox should not have to worry about their players after arbitration leaving their team. They shouldn't have to worry about that whatsoever because of how big their market is and how much money their owners have. Their owners are just being sticklers. Their owners in, in Boston are just guys who are, are a, an ownership group that is just worried about making money 
rather than making their fans happy and winning a World Series. They're probably thinking, oh yeah, we won back in 2013. Oh yeah, we won back in 2018. All right, cool. That's two World Series in five years. That's awesome. Like that's that's great. All right, now let's just, let's just make money. Let's just sit back on this and let this thing set. No. Why would, on earth would you want to do that? You want to win every single time. Take a playbook at what Steve Cohn's doing over in the New York Mets. You want to win every single time. You shouldn't have to worry about your, your top players leaving after arbitration. Like, like, in a small market, you get the sense of, okay, Kansas Rose, MJ Melendez, Vinny Pasquantino, Bobby Witt Jr. In the next five to six years, those three guys will, one of them staying, one of them staying for good in Kansas City, one of them's going to get traded out on the final year of their deal and wasn't going to sign a big, big contract elsewhere. You got to pick who who you're going to who do you want to stick with because remember this is a small market you can only stick with one of these guys one of these three guys when if all three of these guys were on the Red Sox the Red Sox would be like all right you want that contract boom here you go oh you want this contract boom here you go oh no you want that contract as well over there boom here you go they had the money to do that and that's why I don't understand why they're not doing that and from that team from 2018 that won the World Series it's all gone. Heck, that Jeter Downs got released, and he was one of the biggest names that came back on the deal to send Mookie Betts to, the, to uh, Los Angeles. So it's like, what, what on earth are they doing here? Like, what's up with their scouting department? What's up with the, their, their player development department? And what's with their front office? Like, what is going on here? So I, I absolutely feel for you, Boston Red Sox fans, but it could be a lot worse. It could be like you're in a situation of how the Kansas City Royals are every single year. It seriously is. But yeah, no, that's the Red Sox... They are a, a middle to bottom team in the American League East now. The Baltimore Orioles have surpassed the Boston Red Sox for once in a long time, in a long time again. Well, since like the past fifteen years, like that's I, that's that's I mean, that, fifteen years is a long time. So yeah, all right. Hey, let me know what you think. Uh, keep your I guess you, if you want to reach out to me at Twitter at Kramer Talks. Um, if you want to look at the other or listen to other podcasts that I have here on this um, platform, go for it. Uh, it's some of it's time dated. It's also it keeps you up to date on. I mean, I always try to keep you up to date on baseball stuff. So yeah, everybody, put a smile on your face and have a good one.